again, I want to talk about manning up, and I just want to give you five quick things tonight. Matter of fact, we're going to um, take it from the word man up. So we're going to start with M. How, how do I man up? How do I get to a place to where I'm not an emotional basket case or I'm not a man that always slips into my feelings? Because you all hear me talking about men and women that have marshmallow emotions. We want to get to a place spiritually, amen, to where the enemy, amen, can't get a reaction out of us or allowing people to get a reaction out of us. And then if the enemy does get a reaction out of us, you got to at least be man enough to own it that he got one up on you, amen, and thank God that his mercies are new every morning because nobody is exempt from trials and tribulations. Nobody's exempt from having human moments. All of us in here have had human moments, and guess what? We're probably going to have some more, but we want to cut down on the human moments, amen? Especially, amen, like the Word of God says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away. Somebody say, put away. Childish things. So we want to make sure that while we're walking with God, there are certain things that we want to put away. You already got a revelation. We don't even need to go down the list. Everybody in here has a revelation, but they need to tighten up, including me. Can I get an amen one more time? Because I've learned this, that our condition will never match our position. And I taught on that a little bit on Easter because your position in the kingdom of God is already sealed. Me and you are sons of God. We're saved. We're sons. We were fearfully, wonderfully made, created in God's image and his likeness. We've done the Romans 10, 9. We've confessed with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God raised it from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And then even Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says, your name has already been written in heaven. So we already know that. So our position is already sealed, but every day we're working on our condition. Can I get a witness up in here? We are working on our condition on a daily basis. I don't know about you, gentlemen, but every day I got to say, Lord, less of me and more you. Anybody, anybody still in that season? And that's a season that'll never go away. <laughs> People have asked me, well, well, I thought when I got saved, everything was going to just be in an alignment. No, nah, man. That's a, that's a daily thing. That's why I love Philippians 1.6. It says, be confident in the work that he has begun that he will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, put that up real quick if you could. I want to just get a visual of this text, Philippians. It says, uh, 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 not that one, but go to Philippians. That's, that's talking about your name is already written in heaven. But, but look at Philippians uh, chapter 1, uh, uh, verse 6. Uh, Philippians uh, uh, chapter 1. Philippians 1, uh, verse 6. Six, hallelujah. Why they trying to figure that out? Somebody got a, a Bible? Amen. Let's let's read. Let's go. Let's go old school. Philippians one and six. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that. That he said the work that he's begun. How many know he's begun something in you? And, 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 and if God has begun something in you, he can't leave you halfway in the journey. He already knows the end from the beginning. He already knows you're going to have hiccups and human moments. Can I get a witness up in here? But at the end of the day, let me give you some keys that are going to help you cut down on those human moments. My first point today on the man up is that you have to meditate. Somebody say meditate. 
Let's go to Psalm 1 and 1 real quick. Psalm 1 and, and 1. Look at this real quick. And, and, and the word, I like the word meditate. It means to, 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 to contemplate, to ponder. I like this. The word meditate means to chew over, and it means to digest. So we have to chew on God's word and digest it. Look at this real quick. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I could pause right there. That'll preach right there. Can I get a witness? A lot of times half the problem is who we have surrounded ourselves with. Because if I want to know a little bit about you, all I need to know is who you run with. Because who you run with is a prophecy of your future. Come on, if you're still running with Pookie and Ray right now, guess what kind of scent you're going to have on you? A Pookie Ray Ray scent. So it says, blessed is the man who walks not, not in the council. You don't just let anybody counsel you. You don't just give anybody access to your mind and your spirit. Your mind and your spirit is too precious to just let anybody be all up in your mind. Come on, somebody. That's why it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't have to go there, but Proverbs eleven fourteen says, and a multitude of counselors, there's safety, but when there's no counsel, the people fall. But that's a different type of counsel. That's counsel from people, amen, that's giving you good advice. Because like I preach and teach, get away from people that's got your problem and get around people that's got your answer. Amen? So it says, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners. In other words, these are people that's a sinner, sinners, meaning they just missed the mark like they didn't put it on their calendar. I mean, just they, they going to get it in. So that's what it says. So it says, walk not in the counsel of the nor stand in the path of sinners, nor uh, sits in the seat of the scornful. Now look at the word scornful. It means people that mock people and that are just snotty. Be careful by people like that. Then it says, but the light in his law, which we know also in his word of the Lord. Then it goes on. Look at this. Then it says, and in, the, and in his law or his word, he meditates. Somebody say meditates. Day and night. So when you begin to meditate, the benefit of meditating is says, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. In other words, when you begin to meditate, when you begin to chew on God's word, it's just a matter of time before you begin to produce fruit. So then it goes on, it says, by the rivers of water. That, not only that, but it says that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, you might bend, but you won't break because you've been chewing on God's word. You've been contemplating. You've been pondering on his word. Then it says, that brings forth this fruit in the season whose leaves shall not wither and whatever. Somebody say whatever. He does shall prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. But the prerequisite is that we got to meditate on God's word. We got to chew on his word. Because then when we begin to chew on his word, we, 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 we won't get ungodly counsel. You'll be like, no, I know better than that. No, 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 I, I've been in my word. I read my word for myself. That's another thing. That's so important. 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. That's, uh, uh, oh, they put it up. It says, but, but be, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. 
This is a new King James Version, but King James Version says study. Then it says uh, approve unto God. A workman need not be ashamed. Rightly, somebody say rightly. Dividing the word of truth. That means you can wrongly divide it. You can wrongly divide it. Matter of fact, we got a former member that wants to meet with me, and I'm going to meet with him uh, in the next week or so because he's a black Israelite now, and he wants to come on back, but he's got questions. And I'm going to cross some T's and dot some I's for him. I'm going to help connect all the dots because when you don't have identity, and a lot of times when you are, go through a season of rejection, you will revert back to stupid stuff. Anybody ever been there before? And we know ain't but one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I'll, I'll go Philippians 2.11. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. I mean, I could go on and on. We can be put in scripture. We'll, maybe we'll do that later in the year. Amen. But, 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 but so number one, meditate, meditate. Uh, 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 go to one more scripture. Go to James 1.21. James 1.21. James 1.21. Remember that. You rightly divide the word of truth for yourself. You meditate on his word day and night. Look at this. It's therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Jesus, I didn't know it could be an overflow. Come on, somebody. When we think of overflow, we think of good, positive things. Can I get a witness? We talking about overflow of favor, overflow of, of, of increase and blessing, but it says overflow of wickedness. Now, isn't that interesting? I tell people all the time, there's a difference between being weak and wicked. Amen? Anybody ever was weak, weak before? We, we still weak. Every head should go up. But wickedness, we should be beyond that. Amen? Now that we, we know we've been fearfully and wonderfully made, created in his image and his likeness, and Revelation 1 and 6 says that we're priests and we're kings, we move beyond wickedness. Wickedness means that you just got evil intent. Weak means, man, I didn't mean to do that, but man. Anybody been there before? You're like, I did not leave the house with these kind of intentions, but I had to look because she looked good. That's weak. Can I get a witness? But it happens. Can I get, oh, y'all ain't ready for me tonight. Y'all, <laughs> you like, you tell yourself, I, I had good intentions, but I had to look. <laughs> wickedness means you like where are we going tonight girl amen <laughs> put the text back up real quick then it says and receive with meekness I like this to receive like you all are doing you're receiving the word with meekness what the implanted word which is able somebody say able to save your souls, our soul being the seat of our emotions and our feelings, but the implanted word, the engrafted, and one translation says the engrafted word, the implanted word is what? Able. Somebody say able one more time. Able means it has the capability to help you, amen, to keep you from your soul being all over the place. Because you can be a man with a boy still pent up on the inside of you. We want you to turn the corner and be all that God has called you to be. Ultimately, the will of God is for you to be whole and complete and be the whole and complete man 
man that he's called you to be. I didn't say the perfect man because none of us are. Even when you see the word perfection in the Bible, that, 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 that when you see that word perfection, what it means is maturity. I don't want to be the, I'm 45 now. I don't want to be the person I was at 25. 25, I was still tripping. I had just accepted my calling and started preaching, but I was still saved but not delivered. Don't let my wife trip. I'm going to flip over every couch in here. I might break every sugar dry. I might flip you over. Talking about my wife. Amen. You know, we, you know, they had the police out to the house and all of that. And, amen. And I remember one time she called the police on me and I ran into one of the neighbors. Boy, they was at that apartment complex looking for me. I was looking at that little peephole like, y'all ain't getting me tonight. I, I, y'all ain't getting me tonight. That was the mercy of God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, you know, even in your dark place, we see glimpses of his mercy. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, somebody. The word of God says he brought us out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. So even in our dark place, he still had his hand on us because he knew the end from the beginning. Amen? So put the text back up real quick. Then it says, uh, uh, is able to save our souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself so we don't want to just be hearers of the word gentlemen we want to do what the word says we want to apply what the word says am, am I telling you that when you leave here tonight that you're going to figure it all out absolutely not all of us are being processed all of us are at different levels but at the end of the day if you ever want to get leverage if you ever want to get an edge on the enemy I dare you to start meditating. I was a quarterback in high school. I had to know 66 plays, which is ironic that there's 66 books in the Bible. And I would go to bed late at night because I needed to know my playbook because if a receiver didn't know what route to run, I had to know. Or if one of the running backs, we had a rotation of running backs come in, and some of them, the spirit of stupid would come over them, and I had to explain to them what hole they had to go to. You understand what I'm saying? And these cats was just dum-dums. But nevertheless, me being a quarterback, I had a responsibility to know what everybody's duty was. You understand what I'm saying? And my mom told me, she said, boy, if you ever learned the Bible like you know this playbook, you will be something awesome in God. I looked at my mom like, the word ain't that deep. I'm 17 years old. You talking about the Bible? Come on, man. How many of y'all was interested in the Bible that young in life? You understand, the Bible confused me. Come on, somebody, especially the King James Version. Amen. But my mom was calling things. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 says, call things that be not as though they are. And it came to pass. She said, boy, if you ever fell in love with the word of God, you'll be something dangerous in God. She was telling me that at 17. Now look what God has done. But, but I started meditating. I remember what she told me. She said, if you remember that playbook, how you remember that? If you can remember God's word like you know that playbook, you'll be something great. In God. And so people have asked me what the secret is of being able to retain scripture. I just started meditating. I just switched playbooks. Now I use this playbook called the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. And this Bible has gotten me through a lot of things. Anybody can testify that this word, this playbook called the word of God has gotten you to where you even are to this day. Come on, because if you didn't start studying this playbook, you would have got hurt or somebody else would have got hurt. 
But praise God that we're going to be meditators like never before. And because of time, let me give you the second thing. So we looked at the M. The A is ambition. Somebody say ambition. The word ambition means to have goals, to have an aim. I like this one, to have purpose. Ambition means to intent. Uh, it also means to have a plan, a target, and a dream. Also, the word, the true definition of the word ambition means a strong desire to do or to achieve something. Anybody here, you want to achieve something. You want to do something. You want to achieve something. You can't do that if you don't have ambition. The word ambition, I like this too. The word ambition means to have a drive. I'm afraid of people that don't have a drive. I've said it before on Sunday mornings that I'm scared of people that don't know their purpose in life because you're a ticking time bomb. And if you don't have drive, cancel Christmas. In other words, you will never accomplish your goals because you're not even targeting anything. So I like this. Go to go to go to First Samuel. Uh, 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 go to First Samuel uh, 17, I believe it is. First Samuel uh, 17. This is going to be familiar to most of you. First uh, Samuel uh, 17. Let, let, let's go to verse uh, 45. 45, real quick. Mm -hmm. Look at this, 1 Samuel uh, uh, 17, uh, verse 45. And we got somebody new working, so we're going to have mercy. Amen. Because y'all know I can trip. Amen. But somebody new back there. So, But look, it says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord of the universe, the God of the armies, uh -huh, the God of the armies of Israel in whom you have defied. Look at verse 46. Then it says in verse 46, it says, uh, 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 go, go, you got to go back. It says, Israel, whom you have defied this day. Somebody say this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, somebody say this day. I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He had ambition. Well, he targeted his enemy. You can't defeat the Goliaths in your life and you don't have the drive. So my point is this, gentlemen, the same ambition that David have, had, we have to have that same ambition. Somebody say ambition. Mm -hmm. When we have ambition, we can accomplish some things in this life. Amen? We didn't just get to this building overnight. Somebody had to have ambition. Amen? And it's all to the glory of God, but God had to raise somebody up that he knew would have ambition. Because 12 years ago, I couldn't stop at the swap meet. I knew I was better than the swap meet. I was pastoring more chairs back then than people. You feeling me? Amen? And then God gave me faith to buy 150 chairs. And then when only 37 people showed up, I would only put 50 chairs out. And God would say, where's your ambition? I'm like, but, he, I'm like, but God, only 37 people, I just put 50 chairs out? He said, but I gave you faith to buy 150. He said, go get them other 100 chairs and prophesy over them and I'll fill them up. 
Next thing I know, we went from doing a 9.30 service, then we went to 8.30 and 10.30. And then I even lost my children's pastor because she said, young man, you're moving too fast. What she was questioning was my ambition. Oh, but about four years ago, I ran into her at the bank, and she apologized. She said, if I would have knew what God was really doing through you, I would have stayed in that transition. But you messed me up wanting to go to an 8.30 and 10.30, and the church was only four months old. But God filled up that 8.30 and that 10.30. We had to add a 12.30. I started prophesying. I started going up there every Saturday. Prophesying over the walls and everything, the sink and the bathroom and everything. I'm like, this ambition stuff work. Long as you don't lose your drive, whatever you're believing God for, he'll do it because Psalm 37 and 4 says to delight yourself in the Lord. And he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Then verse 5 says, commit your ways to the Lord and trust him. And he said, I will bring it to pass. Somebody scream that he will bring it to pass. He won't bring it to pass, though, if you lose your ambition. Along the way, you're going to get knocked around a little bit. But don't excuse yourself from your trials. Don't excuse yourself because things aren't working like you think they should. Zechariah 4.10 says to not despise the day of small beginnings. Matthew 25 and 23 says if you be faithful over a few things, he said then I'll make you ruler over what? Many things. He wants you to be a ruler over many things, but he's watching you in a small place right now. Mm -hmm. He just can't elevate you overnight. And what you know what I love about this whole text when he said, this day, I'm going to take your head from you. Uh, 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 look what he, go back to 1 uh, 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 Samuel uh, uh, real quick. 1 Samuel uh, 17, verse 46. 1 uh, Samuel uh, 17, uh, verse 46. We were just there when he said, this day. He said it twice. That brother had ambition. He had confidence. Amen. Look, look at this. It says, uh, 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 this day I, I, I will deliver you and, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'm going to give the carcass of the camp of the Philistine. He even told the brother where I'm going to give your head to. I love that because I've learned in order to get ahead in life, you got to take off the head of some stuff. You might have to take off the head of that fear that's stopping you from taking a risk. Amen? That's the only way you can get ahead in life. You got to take the head off of that very thing that's trying to stop you. Maybe it's low self-esteem. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's trust issues. We got to tighten that up. Let's go. Let, let's read the rest of this text because there's more to it I wanted to get to. Then it says, and of the air of the, the, the wild beasts, so I'm going to feed your head to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I love that, that he wasn't doing it for himself. That's a, I believe that's a good point. So in other words, everything you do, gentlemen, do it unto him. See, with David, the reason why, he said, I found me a man. I didn't find me a perfect man. I, I didn't find a man that had all the answers, but I found me a man after my own heart. That's a man that would say, you know what? After I defeat you, I just want them to know that there's a God in Israel. Most of us would have been in this situation and defeated Goliath. We could have been like, well, I want them to know Reg is here. <laughs> you feeling me? That ego kick in. And you know what I talk about ego? Ego, the acronym, ego means edging God out. 
Because the minute you slip into your ego, you can mess up everything that God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. And God be like, you ain't ready for your next dimension because you're still smelling yourself. So if I take you up, all you're going to do is be, it's all about you. But at the end of the day, we all know in this building that it's not about us. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about us. Mm-hmm, it's not about us. So number one, gentlemen, keep meditating. Number two, make sure you don't lose your ambition. Amen. Number three, for the man, man, M is meditation, A is ambition, N is never give up. Never give up. See, a real man never gives up. I didn't say you wouldn't be tested, but you don't give up. I wouldn't say you wouldn't get fatigued, but you don't give up. I wouldn't, I, I didn't say you wouldn't get tired. How many of y'all can own the fact you get tired sometimes? Keep, keep your hands up. You, you, you feel fatigued sometimes. Keep your hand. Sometimes you just feel like, man, I, I, man, I want to give up. But that don't mean we give up because we don't live our life based on our feelings. Because 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't sight, meaning we don't live our life based on our emotions, even though sometimes we do get in our emotions. I don't know how many times I've preached twice and preached my heart out at the 8, the 9.30, and I told my wife, girl, 11.30, we put 9, they're going to watch 9.30, we're going to sit in there. And I did that years ago. I haven't done it in this building, but in some of the other buildings, we had three campuses and five services. That fifth service, I'd be like, hey, y'all, we all about to watch this third service. <laughs> y'all remember them days? I told Greg, I said, tell them to get ready. We're going to the fifth service. We tell them to put four services in. I'll be like, which one was the best? Was it first, second, third, or fourth? Because I am not preaching fifth service. And it's interesting. I put that fifth service in because of technology, and I'll be sitting there clapping. I'm high five because I be preaching. So don't tell three people I'm going to my next level, but I'm high five. Then I go up there and do an altar call. People still will get saved. People still rededicate all behind the screen and all that. Amen. People will still touch. But then I go back to my office feeling guilty, like, man, I quit on the people. <laughs> That's why I ain't done that in this building yet. <laughs> Amen. And somebody over there said appreciate it. <laughs> Amen, brother. But my point is that never give up. You're going to hit a wall here and there. That don't mean you give up. Put up Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and 9. Uh, let us not grow weary. It didn't say you wouldn't get weary. It said don't grow weary. And while doing good, anybody you was doing good and you was like, dang, I can't win for losing. And you're doing good, trying to live for God, tithing, giving offerings, trying to live upright. You see, old girl, you see, you look the other way. Oh, y'all, I didn't get a big response. <laughs> but, you know, you be doing everything right, and then all of a sudden you just get hit with two, three different things at one time. That's just God training you for your next level. Uh-huh. I heard somebody on Instagram, they made the comment, and I hope nobody gets offended because I'm just going to say exactly what they said. This person on Instagram said, I'm so sick of this stuff. He said, I'm excusing myself from this. <laughs> and I watched the Instagram of my wife today. I said, poor fella. Because that's the wrong answer. You can't, you, matter of fact, sometimes God might have you right in the middle of some. 
because he's trying to teach you a thing or two so you can go to your next level. You can't, you, come on, man. Most of us in here have been living for a little while, and you know you will not be the man that you are today if you didn't go through something. Can I get a hand clap up in here? Look at your neighbor and say, it's tight, but it's right. Even, you know what, I would get mad, y'all, when I was a little kid. How many of y'all like recess? I hated when they would have to put the manure on the ground, the fertilizer, because then you got to go play in the gym. I wanted to go play tetherball. Come on, somebody. Where, where my old school cat? Where my old G's at? <laughs> you want to play some football, and then the teachers would really monitor you in the gym because there'd be a gazillion kids in there, amen, and they'd be like, well, the fertilizer's out there. And I didn't realize until years later the reason why they put the fertilizer out there so the grass would grow. Can I get a witness? How you going to grow and you ain't never been through something? I'm so glad I've been through something because I wouldn't be the man that I am today. I'm so glad that when I told my biological father and my bishop at the time slash pastor in 1999 that today was my last Sunday that I'm leaving your church because I don't see eye to eye with you because Amos 3.3 says how can two walk together unless they agree it's time for me to move on because I need to go see another side of God. I didn't know he was going to have the security grab me by one arm and by the other arm and escort me to my office and get black two black garbage bags and dump all my stuff in there and escort me to a car like I was a, 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 a like I'd done something to the church I'm so glad that when I landed at the white church and I was there for five years and then the pastor cut my salary in half because they could make room in the budget for his BMW and the accountant quit and told me I should quit because of how they're cutting my salary in half behind a vehicle and then God speaks to my spirit and tells me you ain't going nowhere I want you right in the middle of this because I'm not going to, because he said, if you run from this, if I present another trial to you, you will run from that. So I'm going to keep you right in the middle of this. And you will not work Monday through Thursday anymore. I'm working, here it is, I'm working Monday through Thursday. But then they said, we only want you to come in on Tuesday and Thursday. But I still would go in Monday through Thursday. Because that pastor back then would tell you, I like crowds, but I don't like people. That's why everybody's not called to be a pastor. Maybe God calls you to be an evangelist. Blow in and blow out because pastor is a whole different animal because you're dealing with people. The preaching part is easy. The pastoring part gets difficult because sometimes it's the ones that you do the most for that hurts you. Oh, that's a whole other. But I bring that all up. You got my dad having people escort me to my car, telling me one of your kids going to die because you didn't left my church. I got the white pastor replacing me in the budget with a BMW. Then I get to the Hispanic church, and I have trust issues already. I'm sitting in the back, but then he found out who I was. Next thing I know, I'm training deacons and elders and teaching them how infrastructure works and how to delegate and so on and so forth. And then two weeks before I leave there to go start kingdom, he sits me down over enchiladas and tells me that if you leave me in the next two weeks, your church called kingdom, whatever, won't grow uh, uh, more than two years and you have to shut it down. Then he grabbed a salt shaker and said it won't be bigger than this salt shaker. I had all these dream killers in my life. But I'm grateful for him. I guarantee you, Joseph was grateful for his dream killers. Because in order to be who you've been called to be, you're going to need to be sold out. Just like Joseph was sold out. Can I get a witness up in here? And then he thought it was over. Then he got lied on. 
Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been lied on? That don't feel good at all. But you just take it on the chin. So I look at all what I've had to go through when people see my glory. <laughs> it's because of all the SHIT I've been through that God could trust me at this level. So if you ain't ready to go through nothing, you ain't going to get nothing. So my point bringing that all up is never give up. Put up 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, real quick. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians uh, 10 and 13. And then we're going to move to these other points so we can get y'all out of here. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Somebody grab that for me. Who got that? What's that? Oh, over here. oh, here we go. No temptation that has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Anybody know God is faithful? Who is not, that, that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with, but with every temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Anybody in this building have been in some seasons where you know it was God that made a way of escape? Because he's faithful. He always make a, makes a way of escape. That's why when things get tough, don't give up. Remember this scripture that he won't put more on you than you can bear. That he will make a way of escape. Come on, some of us have hit some walls in our life. And the enemy tried to convince us to see this is it. But look at you, you're still standing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop. Keep going. You notice I have, when I post on Instagram, I post that everywhere on my hashtag. Don't stop. Keep going. Never give up. Uh, 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 go to 1 Samuel uh, 30, verse 6, and then we'll move on to our four point. Look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. So remember, number one, meditate. Number two, stay ambitious. Number three, never give up. Number four. Or no, never give up. But look at this. We're going to stay right here. It says, now David was greatly distressed. Not just distressed, but greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. So they had came into the city and have taken all the women, the children. Didn't kill anybody. But still the people was upset with David. Then it says, but David... Strengthen himself in the Lord, his God. My point bringing that up, gentlemen, he was greatly distressed, but he didn't give up. He was greatly distressed, but he didn't throw the towel in. He was greatly distressed, but he didn't write himself off. Do you realize when people commit suicide, that's literally what you've done is you've written your own self off. Listen, I like, but y'all remember Terrell Owens used to play in the NFL. I used to love his, his how he would say things like, I love me some me. Boy, if you don't love you, we need to pray for you after this service. Come on, somebody. <laughs> At the end of the day, you should love what God created. Come on, somebody. So I love that, though. He said he was greatly distressed, but he strengthened himself in the Lord. When you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, gentlemen, it's not always good to call your fellow brother. I believe there are times that you should do that because Proverbs 27 Verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, even as a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. But there are times where you don't want to be so codependent on people that sometimes you better learn how to lay hands on yourself. 
Sometimes you got to wake up in the morning and give yourself a high five and tell yourself, I was fearfully and wonderfully made, created in God's image and his likeness, that I'm a priest and a king in the earth, and that I'm a kingdom man. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself, motivate yourself. Anybody ever played sports before? Remember how we used to have to motivate ourselves? Amen? You weren't always going to somebody to help motivate you. Help I'll stimulate myself. Get myself excited. Come on, somebody. So at the end of the day, never give up. Number four, so we've got through man. Now we're going to look at up, man, up, up. You is for understanding. The word understanding means to be able to comprehend and to grasp. Go to Philippians 1.5 real quick. I think they had, I'm sorry, Proverbs 1.5. I think they had it up earlier. Put up Proverbs 1.5. Uh, A wise man will hear and increase in learning. See, you even being here today, you, you're here. You're not, uh, it, says, uh, uh, it, it was wise for you to be here on a Monday night. Then it says, a wise man will hear. You're hearing today, correct? So it says you're going to what? Increase in learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Remember we talked about it earlier. It's important that you get around people, amen, that's got your answer and not your problem. Iron to iron on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. Where's my iron man at? You go to a place like that, we hear every Saturday at 8 a.m. These men are going to have your answer. Amen? So especially some of you men that are in transition, you're still trying to figure some things out. You need to get connected to the right person. You need to be mentored. Listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I have three mentors. One has been pastoring for 37 years, one 34 years, and the other one just hit 40 years this October. You do the math, that's over 100 years of plus experience that they have with my 12-year-old self. So as a pastor, I'm not going to go connect with a person that's been pastoring for seven years. What he going to tell me? You got to be, a, you got to be on a whole nother dimension. Because in other words, I can call Casey Treat. I can call Agri, Bishop Edgar Van and Bishop Apostle Wilson. And they're going to tell me what, what, how things went when they were 12. Now that they're 37, 34, and 40. But if I call somebody that's been doing this for seven years... He ain't going to be able to tell me how, how, when you get hit with certain things at 12 and 15 and so on and so forth. You feeling me? So make sure you get somebody that's a lot wiser than you. Amen. Because I've learned this. If you're the smartest person in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. Get around somebody that stretch you and kind of almost make you feel somewhat dumb. Amen. And then you can take on what they have. Glory to God. And always do this. The first time, I give them credit for that. Second time, I'd be like, I was in my secret place with the Lord. <laughs> and he started revealing some things to me. <laughs> but go to, um, we looked at that scripture. Go to um, Proverbs 2, and we're almost done. Proverbs 2 and 2. Proverbs 2 and 2. Look at this. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. There's that word understanding again. So you'll be able to comprehend. You'll be able to grasp. Matter of fact, that's two. Now go to uh, five, five. Go to five. Uh, two and five real quick. Proverbs two and, and five. Then you will have understanding, fear the Lord, find the knowledge of God. Let's keep going. Keep going. For the Lord gives wisdom uh, 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 from his mouth 
uh, uh, from his mouth come knowledge, there it is, and understanding. There it is right there. But the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Amen? And his mouth really is the word. He's always speaking to us through his word. He's speaking to us through his man of God. Even put up, put up Jeremiah 3 and 15 real quick. Jeremiah 3 and 15. Because you can't, can't dumb down my role just like I need y'all, y'all need me. Amen? Look at this real quick. Jeremiah 3 and 15. Jeremiah uh, chapter 3, verse 15. Somebody got that? Go ahead and where we at. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Stop right there. He said, I'm going to give you shepherds, pastors, according to my heart. Who will feed you knowledge and understanding. That will feed you knowledge and understanding. That's all I'm here to do. We're not here tickle nobody's ear. I'm here to feed you knowledge and understanding because I believe knowledge is power especially when we apply it and then when you begin to understand it, when you begin to comprehend it when you begin to grasp it you'll have leverage on the enemy that's all I'm trying to get you is to a place to where you have leverage and an edge on the enemy. We don't want it's cute that our 9.30 and 11.30 is totally full. Even our 8 o'clock was probably close to 400 people in here. People don't have 8 o'clocks like that but at the end of the day more than filling up some seats, I'm trying to raise up disciples. A disciple is somebody that's a student of the word and that's disciplined and it was prophesied over me when I was a teenager that men would follow me so what a blessing, amen, that last time we checked, our church is 42% men. Now, what's interesting, if you do Google and do church statistics, then average church is 11 to 13%. So the blessing is that when you walk through these doors of kingdom, you're going to see men. When I bring prominent pastors here, and they say, my, one of the first things they say is, my God, you got a lot of men in your church, and you got diversity. Because they always told me, they said it would be hard for me to have a multicultural church because they said it's easier for white, black people to submit to white authority. But they said it's harder for people that are non-black to submit to black authority. Well, I begin to come against that spirit. I begin to break the back of that spirit and begin to believe that God would send me white men and Hispanic men. Because I already knew black men were coming. But I said, we're not going to be the normal church. We're going to be a church for all people, all races, all ages. And look at what the Lord has done. Amen? Matter of fact, I want all the non-black people to stand up. You are not black. Look at this. Come on and give God a hand praise. Amen? I'm not trying to put nobody on the spot. I'm just trying to drive a point home. Amen? And I, I, I remember one time we were, I was pastoring in the Surprise El Mirage area, and somebody said, finally, a black church in the West Valley. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> that's, not who we, that's not who we're trying to be, sister. We're trying to be all things. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, be all things to all people, that we might by all means save some. And, I, I, and it's interesting that it says that we might save some. Not going to save everybody, but I'm going to save somebody. And they all ain't going to be black. <laughs> so my point, even bringing that up, I don't know why I brought that up, but I began to get an understanding that I knew that if I exposed myself to other cultures, 
that we can beat the odds, that we can touch all people. Amen? Hallelujah. So look at this last one, and we'll move on to the last point. Go to uh, 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 Proverbs, since we were in Proverbs. Go to Proverbs 2 and 11, and then we'll go to our last point, and we're done. So number one, remember, gentlemen, meditate. Stay ambitious. Make sure you don't lose that ambition. Never give up. We talked a little bit about understanding, comprehending, grasping the word, meditating in the word. Discretion will preserve you. Can I get a witness up in here? But well, we can stop right there. How many people do we know that would still be here if they would have used discretion? I got a friend that got killed years ago. He was at a, a, a phone before cell phones. And um, they said, hey, man, where's your brother? We're looking for your brother. And he done something. And he was like, man, I don't know where he at. And right when they were pulling off, he was like, man, F y'all. He didn't See, if he just would have used discretion. Sometimes you got to do James 1.19. Be slow to speak and quick to hear. If he just would have had a go-to scripture back then. You understand what I'm saying? He'd probably still be here, but the minute that he said, F y'all, they put that car in reverse and blew him away. Amen? Gone. Because put the text back up. Put the text back up. Put the text back up. Discretion will preserve you. I got a friend named, well, had a friend named Minister Jeff Anthony. This brother can preach the paint off the wall, can take a text and have you scratching your head, got a degree from the University of Bradley, got, then went to seminary, got a degree in seminary, had a phenomenal job, but when the police pulled him over, amen, and he had crack in the car, he swallowed the crack. And he told the police, y'all ain't gonna be able to do nothing because I swallowed it. What y'all gonna do? Y'all don't have no evidence. Well, they said, well, we, we're gonna run your plate and we're gonna give us your driver's license. All in the middle of that, he went into cardiac arrest and died. Why? Because he didn't use discretion. Got to use discretion. Discretion will what? Preserve you. Then it says, and understanding will what? Keep you. Gentlemen, let's let that be an ambition in our life is that we want to get more understanding. Because understanding will keep us. I got a friend of mine, his name is Daniel Taylor. He attends Kingdom uh, every once in a while. I haven't seen him in a while. But I'll never forget when we went to a party in Levine one time. You know, how many of y'all grew up in Arizona? Back in the day, Levine was nothing but cotton fields. And then if you had a house out there, it was like, wow, you must live on a farm. So one of our friends had a party out there. And my friend Daniel kept saying, Reggie, I'm, I'm, he said, you, my, you, you roll with me, man. I don't feel right in my spirit. Something getting ready to jump off in here. I said, man, you always talking about the spirit of God, about the man. Shut up. We drinking and having a good time. He's like, I'm out. Get a ride with somebody else. I'm like, all right, man. He leaves. Seven minutes later, boy, they shooting in the house. Nobody died, but two people got shot. But my friend Daniel, put the text back up. <laughs> put the text back up. Put the, put the text back up. Understanding will keep you. See, I didn't have an understanding. Then my friend Dicky Rhymes, we played basketball together at Carl Hayden. He tackled me in the kitchen. I'm thinking he got a hold of some bad dope. 
So I'm like, man, why are you tackling me? He said, man, you don't hear all these bullets? I said, no, man, I thought that was a, a fan. <laughs> you know I was tore up. And back then, my drink as an 18-year-old was a screwdriver. Come on, somebody. Give me some orange juice and a vodka. Everybody else was drinking 40s. I'm drinking the real stuff. I'm trying to get to where I'm trying to get to quick and in a hurry. <laughs> some of y'all laughing hard because y'all know <laughs> you're going to get there. Can I get a witness up in here? <laughs> somebody say, but God. <laughs> Oh, thank God for deliverance. Amen. Amen. I didn't want a little lighter since then. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but look, understanding will keep you. The same friend Daniel, these guys wanted to do a beer run with us. And I'm like, man, we don't even know y'all. So one of them tried to get aggressive with me. So I went in on that guy. I'm like, bro, we, we, you catch these hands right now. And he was like, I'll be right back. And I was like, man, he ain't coming back. He ain't going to do nothing. Daniel said, Reggie, he coming back. I said, Daniel, here you go again. Talking about you hear from the Spirit. Man, let's just wait around. We all got our Letterman jackets on. It's about seven of us. You know, we like, come on, let's do this. Well, when they had about 19, 20 of them coming, y'all, I said, hey, we got to go. I jumped in the back of my friend Dexter's truck. We pulled off. But Daniel had left 10 minutes prior. Put the text back up. Put the text. <laughs> understanding. Somebody say understanding. Will keep you. It will keep you, gentlemen. It will keep you. Why? Because the word of God says it. Not only will it keep you, but it will what? Uh, uh, it will preserve you if we use discretion. So let's look at this last point. We out of here. My last point. Meditate. Ambition. Never give up. Get some understanding. Last thing is be persistent. The word persistent means to be tenacious, unwavering, and constant. Faithful. Persistent, gentlemen. Put up Matthew 11, 12, and we're done. Look at this, I, and I love the word tenacious. The word tenacious, persistent means to be tenacious. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it, somebody say take it, by force. Of course, that word violent don't mean that we go out here and do something violent. Let's keep the text in the context. That word violent means that we have to be radical, persistent. All of us in this building, we got our own personal team that we follow, NFL, NBA. And when our team is winning, we get radical. Can I get a witness up in here? Y'all all know I'm Pittsburgh Steeler from five years old. I'm 45, do the math, 40 years and counting. Something jump off with the Steelers, I am radical about it. How much more, though, when God is moving in my life? How much more when me and you wake up and we're still breathing? How much more when he makes sure all our needs are met, that our children are covered, that we're covered? At the end of the day, gentlemen, let's stay persistent. And the reason why I say that is because we know John 10, 10, the beginning part of it says the thief, Satan, come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. 
the enemy will send out his abortionists to cause me and you to abort our destiny. Because I grew up in church where they would say, God going to do in you what he want to do. No, he ain't. Not if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. There are certain things that we have to do on our end in order to see the hand of God move. And what are those things that we need to pass over? What do you mean? I got to do certain things to see the hand of God move, move in my life. Number one, you got to meditate. Number two, you got to stay ambitious. Number three is you can't give up. Number four is that you got to get as much understanding from God's word as you can because this is our new playbook now. And the last thing is that if you ever want to see God do something in you, through you, and for you, you have to stay persistent. You have to remain radical. Does that mean that you're not going to want to give up sometime? Hit a wall. You're going to hit a wall sometime. And you want to excuse yourself from your experience or your trial. All that stuff's going to come at you. Even the Bible tells us in Isaiah 59 and 19, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood. It didn't say if or he might. It says when the enemy comes in like a flood. But it says, but by his spirit, he will lift up a standard. Please, please put that up. I want the gentleman to see that. Isaiah uh, 59 and 19, and that'll be our last scripture, I promise. Please, let, let's get this one up. Isaiah uh, 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and the glory from the rising of the sun. When, somebody say when, the enemy comes in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord. How many of you know the spirit of the Lord lives in you now? That's in Romans 8, 11. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in our mortal body. So, 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 so go, go back to that again. Go back. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. So the spirit says, up, oh, that's it. Can't go no further than that. I know what my sons can handle. Amen? So he's like, up, oh, that's it. So sometimes, sometimes, even God allows Satan to come in for a season. Amen? Ask Joseph. <laughs> Ask a lot of these guys, Moses, and we can go. There are so many people. Amen? But that's a whole nother topic because it says he even created the blacksmith, which is talking about the enemy. Amen? But we got to remember this. That's still God's devil. Say, wait a minute. That's God's devil. Yeah. In other words, he's still, God is still in control. He's omnipresent where the Bible says Satan is going to and fro. So at the end of the day, God still has a final say so when it's all said and done. Anybody enjoy this word tonight? Come on and give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor say, man up. Got a man up.